You may be seated. It is good to be in the house of the Lord. Um, there's no scripture reading today because we're going to go through the entire chapter verse by verse. Um, there was a lot to choose from uh, over this day's lesson and uh, especially chapter 23. Uh, how many of you have been enjoying uh, reading through Genesis again? Um, one aspect that I've tried to kind of push our fellowship to understand is to read uh, Genesis as you look at this warfare between sin and holiness and how we as humanity are caught in between. Abraham is our father of faith and to walk in faith is what he exemplifies very well for us and we have come to the place where you see intimacy in his relationship with God what is an aspect of intimacy between God and Abraham it's a word with which I started on Wednesday night starts with C and it ends with T Covenant. Oh, some people were not sleeping there, yeah, uh, during, during that Wednesday. Yeah, it's covenant. And you see here in the previous chapter when God is testing Abraham to see, hey, where is the full allegiance of your heart? Can you sacrifice him who you love the most? Full and complete allegiance to God is how we are birthed of the Spirit. So when someone asks you, well, how do you know we have a Spirit? How do you know there is a Spirit? Loyalty and allegiance does not come from your mind. It is not a thought. It is not a feeling. It does not come from the volition or the will. And sometimes you'll see it because when robbers enter into a store or into a home and they begin to shoot at people, guess what do you see people in the home do? Begin to run away. But you may have the husband say, oh honey, I love you, I love you, and they know a lot about their wife, they have feelings for their wife, they even do things out of their volition for their wife. But when it comes to this total allegiance, they just kind of freak out and they start running out the door. And the wife's wandering, staying in the house. Oh, where's my loving husband? He's already jumped the fence next door. Right? And we think about this then when Jesus came down, the Son of God, he saw humanity having the gun of Satan pointed at our table, temples ready to shoot. Do you think our Lord liked that situation? Do you think he did what he had to do to step in? We proved this so hard for him. We chased him out all the time. But he still came in between. That gun, and he proved it by going to the cross. Abraham, chapter 23 says, Abraham saw my day and rejoiced in it. That's why the Lord is my provider. Yahweh, or as popular says, Jehovah, Jireh. God provided this ultimate allegiance to you and I. And that's what Abraham foresaw. And he was credited to him as righteousness because he foresaw the day of Jesus. And he said, God will resurrect Isaac from the dead. So after Abraham is being tested, he walked with God. He made mistakes. But he walked with God. God tested him at the hardest point of his life. Now I know that you love me. It is a test from your spirit 
And you should ask yourself as we come to this, to build context where this story is, ask yourself at home, where is my complete allegiance and loyalty towards? There's no room for anyone else but the Lord. If that's in the correct order, he will do what? He will prescribe well into your family, into your marriage. He will prescribe well into society, into where you live. But it starts with this holy place. I want to tell you that because I've, I've told you last week that you need to build an altar in your life, in your family, and in the church. The Lord will not accept the altar unless you come to this place of surrender where there's total allegiance or loyalty. You cannot be born of the Spirit of God until this happens. And isn't that what the Lord says? If you would like to come after me, deny self. Pick up your cross. It's already understood. And come follow me. Deny self, pick up your cross. How often? Daily. Daily. Oh. It'd be nice if he said once. Daily. Daily. But anyway, um, as we come to Genesis 24 into our study here today, this is the background of this story. And uh, I like to begin to say that there are three major events in one's life. By worldly standards is when you're birthed, when you get married, and when you die. And people claim that you have no choice when you're born, and you have no choice when you... But at least we have choice when we get married. Guess, one, guess which one brings more trouble? <laughs> Are you laughing? Oh, you already know then. I won't have to give you an answer. Then uh, which one brings more trouble? Uh, the one when you have to make a choice or not? Uh, do any of you have learned the lesson of not making a choice with the Lord in your life? Have you ever gone through something like that in your life? Oh, you have? So I'm not alone. Okay, thank you. So, uh, you know, maybe you have done that in your life and the Lord has testified to you about that, about making choices without Him. And as we come here, He says, now Abram, Abraham was old. What does that mean when you're old? You're not old. You can't tell me. I'm waiting for people who are older. Do we have any old people in this room? Or everyone's young? Anyone old in here? Oh, no, nobody really. Uh, it's full of young people, young, young men and women here. Praise the Lord. It says, when Abraham was old, please look, is this a repetition? Well advanced in years. Isn't that the same thing? Old simply refers to timeline. Well advanced in years begins to speak because you have walked with God. It has accumulated what? Wisdom. wisdom. So now it brings us to the place of what is wisdom. Wisdom is not being intelligent, is not being smart, is not being analytical, but wisdom is simply being given to us in walking with the Lord, in experiences, and through revelation. So the biblical definition is, is that which comes from above. That is what wisdom is. So well advanced in years hints to the fact that Abraham was wise. Do you think Abraham was wise? He wasn't smart to leave his riches and his civilization and, and go have a hardship in the, in the desert, right? That does not sound like wisdom to some people. But the Bible tells us that, uh, yes, he was a little bit wise here. 
And the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. In all things. Do you feel like you're blessed in all things? Let's, let, let's be honest. Do you think you're, like you're blessed in all things? He was blessed in all things. Baruch, to be blessed in all things. What happens when someone's not blessed? What is a sign that someone's not blessed? They come across as needy. They don't have peace. They're, they're chasing to replace or to find something. What else could be a possibility of someone who is not blessed? They don't have joy. They're not content. Is there a difference... When God says, I have blessed you, or I have blessed you in all things. You and I have been blessed, but does that mean that everything we put our hands on is blessed? That we do. Wow. This then gives us a lot of depth into what he's telling us is that Abraham was successful whatever he put his hand on to do. Hmm. Very interesting. Let's, let's look back into our world now. Guess which nation has won about 80% of the Nobel Prize? this in the world the Jewish people they're not that many in this world how come they want so much do you think it's by accident do you think it's by accident up until almost even now currently who do you think controls the banking system in the world China's trying to revolt and take back, but because even on the eastern side of the world, it was the Jewish people who controlled the banking system. Who do you think controls the media and the movie industry and the news channels and TV in the United States? Oh, you're smart. But really, are there that many of them? Who do you think made most of the discoveries in science and math and other things? If you were to go by people group. I wonder why that's the case. Do you need to wonder? Really? Hmm. No. He did, see, in all things. And some of them are blessed to this day, yet they themselves may not be blessed. Very interesting. I mean, I don't want to get that deep on that, but you can see the depth and the truth of God's word, how, how he keeps that promise across generations and time through people. Even when they're faithless. Now by God's grace we have an example here of faith today. And Abraham said to his servant, the oldest of his household, who had charge of all that he had, put your hand under my thigh that I may make you swear by the Lord. 
the God of heaven and the God of earth, that you will not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites, among whom I dwell, but you will go to my country and to my kindred and take a wife for my son Isaac. A nation is truly known in its poverty by the relationships that are present. Unfortunately, two nations lead the divorce rate in the world. Can you guess which two nations those are? United States and the UK. California and the UK have a 60% divorce rate around that number we say well that's the world do you know that unfortunately in the western world that percentage follows people in the church do you know what why that percentage is misleading Because when they take this survey, which is true, they don't take it the way the church does. The church also took this survey, but they asked one minor difference. They said, did you consummate your marriage before you took your vows before the Lord? And if they did consummate their marriage, if they fornicated before they were married, the percentage was the same as in the world, in the church. But if not, it was 88 percentile survival rate in that marriage. That's what the worldly statistics won't tell you. Marriage. As a nation... United States and the Western world and now China leading even in the East with the largest percentage of divorce rates. Speaking about choice, do you know what's very disheartening? In countries where marriages are arranged the divorce rate is much, much lower than where people make choices. You can have neighbors, so I'm not speaking about us. You can have two neighbor countries in Africa, or you can have in Southeast Asia, two neighbors where one, you know, the family and the community kind of unites people together in marriage, and you have where they make choices. Do you know that that choice has proven to have a big impact on those marriages. Now Abraham, who is led by the Spirit of God here, this is not seen. What's the first drastic aspect about this? Where's Isaac's choice? Isaac is not even in the picture. He's not even mentioned. Try to do that for your son and daughter. See how they feel about you as a parent. You're laughing. I was rebellious when my parents tried to hint to me stuff. Oh, man. I came home once from, from college, and I'm like, who's this blonde girl cooking with my wife in the kitchen? I began to look. It wasn't my sister. My sister's blonde with green eyes. That wasn't my sister. Oh, it's Melissa from church. Uh-oh. I came in, I put my bags down, I said hi. I walked back to the car and I drove off and I didn't show up till 10.30 at night and they were cooking dinner for me. <laughs> and I woke up in the morning and my mom didn't say a word to me. Like nothing ever happened. So I let them enjoy themselves. My mom, my dad and her, they probably had a nice dinner but it wasn't with me. It's in my nature not to like that. I wonder if Abraham thought about Isaac here. 
Here, putting your hand, it tells me this is a custom, but it also tells me that Abraham thinks he doesn't have much longer to live. He's kind of old and advanced in years, so uh, this is to bind him to the reality of this oath, even though he may die uh, or he may leave this place. So that's why you see that. Don't try to read too much into it, as other people do. Uh, what is the other striking uh, uh, problem here where did they live in Canaan you will not take a wife or my son from the daughters of Canaan he makes the decision that it's better for Isaac not to get married it's better for him to stay single rather than to marry someone from Canaan wow you say, well, it doesn't really say that, but you will see that the servant will begin to have some questions. The servant said to him, perhaps the woman may not be willing to follow me. So the servant now is looking at who? The wife. Is this fair? What is the servant saying? I understand you're giving your son no choice, but the wife has a choice. How did Abraham know the teaching of the New Testament in marriage? What is the teaching of the New Testament in marriage for husbands? Love your wife as the world, uh, as the Lord loved the church. It is a command. Because after the fall, men became independent. Women, after the fall, in their nature are dependent. You will never find in Scripture a place where the Lord asked the wife to do what? Love their husbands. What are women asked to do? To respect their husbands. That's why we see such a great example from Sarah who becomes the image of a good wife, even coming through in the New Testament. Sarah respecting Abram so much, within their circle and their home, she called them Lord. Can you imagine the pressure as a husband for your wife to call you Lord? Uh, what level the expectation for you to live at is? Now, she made plenty of mistakes, as we saw. He made plenty of mistakes. But Sarah, we see she grew a lot from those mistakes. What is the Lord telling her? Listen to your wife and to everything that she says. That included after the mistake with Hagar. When she saw her son do what? Mock and laugh Isaac. The Lord tells Abram to listen to his wife. Nonetheless, here the servant, perhaps the woman may not be willing. He's not doubting that the Lord is now leading Abraham in doing this. Also, you have to know there's a personal interest because if there's no heir, it'll be his kids' heirs that will take over from Isaac. Over this wealthy empire that Abraham has been blessed with. Must I take your son back to the land from which you came? He understood there is no wife for his son in Canaan. So that's why he's saying... If I can't take a, a wife from him from this land, he'll have no wife. So do I have to take him back? Abraham said to him, see to it that you do not take my son back there. 
So can you tell me the solution? Where's Isaac supposed to find a wife? Finding a wife is not of primary importance when you have a calling. So now don't be surprised that the Holy Spirit says it is better not to marry if you can accept that. For the work of the kingdom and for a calling, it is better not to marry. And then I wonder, why would churches only want married men as pastors? When God says, someone who forfeits marriage is a more blessed man than someone who marries. Some doing for the sake of the kingdom, some, you know, have the gift. That's what Corinthians tells us. So here, the primary interest is first, Isaac cannot leave the place on his calling. How do we translate that? Can you marry outside of your faith? No. It is more important that you stay and you walk within your faith that you will get married. Then the Lord, the God of heaven, who, to, who took me from my father's house and from the land of my kingdom, and who spoke to me and swore to me, to your offspring, I will give this land. What does that mean? Isaac will have offspring. You're telling me perhaps I believe God's word and his promise. But... There's choice, and Abraham will realize that. The Lord of the God of heaven who took me from my mother's house. Yeah, that's, what, that's, one, that's the one who spoke. But if the woman, so he understands, but if the woman is not willing to follow you, then you will be free from this oath of mine, only you must not take my son back there. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all other things shall be added unto you. So when I did 20-something ministry, and that means from 25 to like 40, and some men and women were wondering, you know, when am I going to get married? I'm getting older in age. What's your advice? Now they're looking for advice. I said, can you go on a mission field? Why don't you go for a year or two on a mission field? Do you know what happened a lot of the times? As they were focused on missions, somehow the Lord provided. You know, I've been trying for five years to find a spouse. I can't. Can you take away that time and come with me and let's, let's, let's feed the homeless? Go sir, over there. Take your focus out of that. First, know your calling and where you're supposed to be. See God and all things will be added unto you. Choices. We don't like this because we like to make choices that tickle self rather than they're made by trust in God. So the servant put his hand under his thigh and his master and swore to him concerning this matter. Then the servant took ten of his master's camels and departed. Now I, I want to tell you here that history says, oh, the Bible's wrong because camels were not yet domesticated at the time of the patriarchs. So if history, world history tells you this, then how come as, uh, you know, um, what is it called? People who do the digging... Uh, archaeology found bones of camels both in Iraq and in Turkey at this very time of the patriarchs. So be careful what you read and what people say. You know, it has disproved their theory. So there were camels. 
Then, uh, you know, and he took all choice gifts from his master, and he arose and went to Mesopotamia. Mesopotamia means the land between the rivers, waters, yep, uh, to the city of Nahor. And he made the camels kneel down outside the city by the well of water at the time of evening, the time when women go out to draw water. And he said, O Lord, God of my master Abraham, Please grant me success today and show steadfast love to my master Abraham. Behold, I am standing by the spring of water, and the daughters of men of the city are coming out to draw water. Let the young woman whom I shall say, Please let down your jar that I may drink, and who shall say, Drink, and I will water your camels. Let her be the one who you appointed for your servant Isaac. By this I shall know that you have shown steadfast love to my master. Now, the interesting part that took my mind right away, not only is he praying, but he's praying as though he knows Proverbs 31, where he tells you about a godly wife. Because he's asking of the very qualities that, the, that proverb says, and that had yet to be written by Solomon. Interesting how the Spirit of God moves people to speak and to pray beyond their own ability and mind and knowledge. Revelation by faith. Before he had finished speaking, behold, Rebekah, who was born to Bethuel, the son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, came out with her jar on her shoulder. What does the word Rebekah mean? Joining, coupling, clogging things up, biding by her beauty, or the choice calf representing that beauty. Interesting how her name means that very thing. Now, he didn't even finish praying and she's beginning to come out. Have you noticed when God moves with power that things happen in one nature? Immediately. Immediately. And this is something that you'll recognize Yahweh here. That's the pre-incarnation of Jesus Christ when he comes and he will perform the miracles. They happen immediately. This is his work back then. The young woman was very attractive in appearance, a maiden who no man had known. Interesting, the choice of God for a wife. He's the God of creation, so she was good looking, but also was holy, set apart for her marriage. No man had known. She went down to the spring and filled her jar and came up. Then the servant ran to meet her and said, please give me a little water to drink from your jar. He ran immediately. Do you know what happens with many of us today? Even though we're moved and we pray and we have faith, do you know what most people do after they pray? Okay, that's it. I'm ready to receive. I prayed. I did this. I inquired. I have faith. Because sometimes they're not specific in their prayer. And when they're not specific in their prayer, there's no action that comes. Because it lacks the reality that you are interacting with God. God who moves with things happening. So we want things to fall straight out of the sky. Good lesson for us today. Pray with specific things. Be in expectation and run towards God to see what he has to provide. 
She said, drink, my lord. And she quickly let down her jar upon the, her hand and gave him a drink. When she had finished giving him a drink, she said, I will draw water to your camels also and until they finish drinking. How about that? Was this an answer to her prayer? To his prayer? Okay, let's see. So she quickly emptied her jar into the throw and ran to the well to draw up her. And she drew for all his camels. Do you know how much water ten camels drink? <laughs> now, this is like a movie. You see this young girl sweat and work and work. And he's just sitting there watching. And it's not. In the cool of the day, in the desert, in Iraq. Some of you have been there. It's hot. It's hot. What is she really doing? Serving. Serving, Serving whom? Serving you and I today. We are the bride of Christ. We are the servants of God. I wonder if the bride who said, I am going to prepare a place for you that you may come to me. If he's looking down on us now, is he seeing us at work? Interesting. As we look at that duality for you and I today. But we're jumping too far ahead. So she claimed, emptied her jar into the throws, in again to one. Uh, she drew for all his camels. The man gazed at her in silence to learn whether the Lord had prospered his journey or not. Why? You will be, oh yeah, God has answered this. This is it. What's the problem? Two issues. The family and her choice. No denying that God is at work. When the camels had finished drinking, the man took a gold ring weighing half a shekel and two bracelets for her arms, weighing ten gold shekels, and said, Please tell me whose daughter you are. Is there room of your father's house for us to spend the night? Now, some women like jewelry and shiny things. Not all of them, but some I've noticed that they do. They even have a big business in this world where they sell those things. If they didn't like them, the business wouldn't be thriving. Right? Wrong. He is actually paying her for her labor here. She worked really hard for watering the camels. So she's paying, and it's also a something within that culture to give as a sign of of, hey, you know what? She's literally hired work right now out of her own will. So out of his own will, you know, you will not believe. If you go into a Muslim country, the type of receiving that you will get from them. Hospitality is extremely important for them. You have to give credit where credit is due. And this is a sign of that approach as you get here. It is in that entire area. Please tell me whose daughter you are. So now the family. You notice how the family. God's at work. Now I need to know the family. Is there room in your father's house for us to spend the night? He needs to know the family. <coughs> she said to him, I am the daughter of Bethuel, the son of Milcah, whom she bore to Nahor. She added, we have plenty of both straw and fodder and room to spend the night. The man bowed his head and worshipped the Lord and said, 
Blessed be the Lord. Why is the family important? Because he knows about this family, obviously, from living there. And he knows the background of faith. And, uh, you know, where he's, so now he's doing what? He's no longer interacting with her, but his prayer has turned into praise. His prayer has turned into praise. Have your prayers turned into praise in your life? Hmm. Blessed be the Lord, the God of my master Abraham. Gives away where he's coming from. And his steadfast love and his faithfulness towards my master. As for me, the Lord has led me in the way to the house of my master's kinsman. Then the young woman ran and told her mother's household about these things. What's happening here? She didn't go there to tell him, tell them yet. It was... The exaltation of praise. One thing, guys. It is a beauty in a woman when the touch and the connection with the praise of God moves her to action. Not the riches. Not the way she handles relationships. Even though those are good things. And how, you know, you say, well, she's a great worker. She's very amicable. It is her reaction when we touch the kingdom that it's important. She ran. Now you're with the camels like, I wonder where she lives. Oh, you're laughing. You know, I wonder where she lives. I'm going to walk in the city and I'll start asking people, go from house to house. She ran off. We don't think about that. You're a stranger in the city. Oh, oh okay. Where is she? The young woman ran and told her those things. Rebecca had a brother whose name was Laban. Laban ran out towards the man to the spring. As soon as he saw the ring... And the bracelet on his sister's arms. So there is someone who has an eye for those things. And strangely enough, it's not the lady. It's the, the, the brother. For the riches, yeah. Uh, definitely we can see here that he's affected by that. Thus the man spoke to me. He went to the man and behold, he was standing by the camels of the spring. He said, come in, O blessed of the Lord. Why do you stand outside? For I have prepared the house and a place for the camels. What do you think Laban is after? The riches. Which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. So the man came to the house. The man came with ten camels of gifts. He didn't bring them so he can take them back. Right? So the man came to the house and unharnessed the camels and gave straw and fodder to the camels. And there was water to wash his feet. And the feet of the men were with him. Look at the hospitality that they received. Fed the camels, brought them into their home, prepared food, took care of them, washed their feet. You take the role of a servant before your guests. It tells us that we need to have the gift of hospitality. I wonder how that truly is within the church and people as we have the gift of hospitality. So the gift of hospitality is being presented in an unmeshed fashion. The food was set before him to eat but he said, I will not eat until I have said what I have to say. So he said, speak on. Why would he not eat? When you eat in that culture, you enter into fellowship. 
I cannot eat, I cannot enter that fellowship because there's a burden on my heart. Integrity on the servant. I have to disclose the, the, the burden on my heart. I cannot be a false person to enter into this fellowship even though they had done nothing but show hospitality at its highest level to him. I cannot enter into that. There's a burden that's above and beyond what the relationship between people have to bring. So then he said, and he began to give them the story. I'm Abraham's servant, gives the story of how God is at work. And he says, but he said to me, that's Abraham, the Lord before whom I have walked will send his angel with you and prosper you on your way. You shall take a wife for my son and my clan and for my father's house. Then you will be free from my oath when you come to my clan. And if they will not give her to you, you will be free of my oath. He's simply telling them everything that God did. And this story now is about what? It's about what God has done. And this is the beauty of when we live a life of faith, people will not begin to point fingers at you and I, but will begin to point fingers at whom? At what God has done. And that's why prayer, it starts with prayer, praise, prayer, action, praise, testimony. Think about that. Is your life, if that's not true of our life as Christians, as we try to walk with God today, prayer, action, praise, testimony. This is what was happening. I came today to the spring and said, oh Lord, the God of my master, Abraham, if you now are prospering the way I go, behold, I am standing by the spring of water. Let the virgin who comes out to draw water, to whom I shall say, please give me a little water from your jar to drink, and who will say to me, drink, and I will draw for your camels. Oh, let her be the woman whom the Lord has appointed for my master's son. Now, wait a minute. You're telling me that there's choice. And here you're telling me that God has appointed but Calvin says they can be both. Or Calvinists, for that matter. No. Calvin, when he wrote, his writing was specifically within the area of salvation. Unfortunately, people have taken it out of its context and they use it everywhere, wrongly. It's referring specifically to that area. So I don't want to keep that burn on Calvin. The problem is the Calvinists of today, some of them have taken it way too far. Here we see that there's a pointing, but there is a choice. Now let me ask you, is there truly a choice? Because if you love the Lord and He gives you a direction, what, what is really an answer for someone who loves and surrenders to the Lord? It's simply to obey. It's not really like you have a choice. Interesting how the Lord makes it easy for us. The burden is not on us to make a choice, but on us in regard to obedience to his leading or not. They know. The family knows what's being said here. And he continues to tell her what she's done to prove the work of the Lord. And then he says, Now then, if you are going to show steadfast love and faithfulness to my master, tell me, and if not, tell me that I may turn to the right and left or to the left. So why don't I want to have fellowship with you? I have a burden and a task that I need to complete. And because God is at the center of it, I cannot have fellowship with you. 
there's no fellowship between light and darkness here. This fellowship gets even worse because it's by covenant made to, the, to us. When you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you are bound to the faith. You cannot step outside of the faith to go find a wife. Then Laban Bethel answered and said, Now you can tell Bethel is very old because his son speaks mainly for him. The thing has come from the Lord. We cannot speak to you bad or good. What does this mean? It is above our pay grade whether we like it or not. Laban likes it because of the money. But they're saying we will submit. This is clear. This is not your doing. This is God's doing. So they acknowledge God's doing. And Abram. Abraham's servant heard their words, and he bowed himself to the earth before the Lord. And the servant brought out jewelry of silver and golden garments and gave them to Rebekah. He also gave to her brother and to her mother costly ornaments. And he and the men who were with him ate and drank, and they spent the night there. When they arose in the morning, he said, send me away to my master. Her brother and mother said, let the young woman remain with us a while, at least ten days after that she may go up. But he said to them, do not delay me since the Lord has prospered my way. Send me away that I may go to my master. They said, let us call the young woman and ask her. And they called Rebekah and said to her, will you go with this man? Who's asking this question? Her own family. Her own family is asking the question. Is she answering the family? No, she's asking, she's answering the Lord, I will go. She's answering the Lord, I'll tell you, I'm expecting Rebecca to be a great mother. Now you can see from here how she's saving Isaac from the wrong choice to go with Esau rather than with Jacob, it is by no accident that it's Rebecca in the future who will be honest with the prophetic word of God for the, for the older to serve the younger. And she's the one who will be in the faith as Isaac cripples his faith towards the end of his days and is about to make a mistake. And they called Rebecca and said to her, will you go with this man? She said, I will go. So they sent away Rebecca, their sister, and her nurse, and Abraham's servant, and his men. And they blessed Rebecca and said to her, our sister, may you become thousands of ten thousands, and may your offspring possess the gate of those who hate him. Yeah. Rebecca, the mother to Israel, that's the reason why I gave you all that list about the history of how the Jews have been very blessed in the things that they do. And not is that they didn't have opposition. Wherever they went, people did not like them. Is there another slide? It won't work anymore. Thank you. Please go to the next slide. There's no more slides? Is it stuck? It's all right. I have it right here. Then Becca and her young man arose and rode on the camels and followed the man. Thus the servant Rebecca 
took Rebekah and went his way. Now Isaac had returned for Berlai and was dwelling in the Negeb. And Isaac went out to meditate in the field towards the evening. Seek first the kingdom of God. You know, Isaac is not that young. Rebekah was probably considerably younger than Isaac. Isaac is in the field meditating with the Lord, his special time with the Lord. Toward the evening, and he lifted out his eyes and saw, and behold, there were camels coming. And Rebekah lifted up her eyes, and when she saw Isaac, she dismounted the camel and said to the servant, Who is that man walking in the field to meet us? The servant said, It is my master. So she took her veil and covered herself. Why did she dismount the camel? The moment she saw him, she stooped down. Respect. I cannot be seen by my husband on the camel. Integrity. She took the veil and she put it over with long robes. To say, I came here by faith. I don't want Isaac to see that I'm beautiful until the day we get married. He needs to receive me as his wife by faith, not by sight. Do you think that's how women today do it? That's why they wear so modestly clothes. And that's why they don't beautify themselves. And that's why we don't have an industry of, you know, makeup and... Clothing. We're in, a, we're in a godly world right now. It goes after the example of Rebecca. Yeah, Rebecca took two down. She started walking after this long journey, stinking like a camel. You don't want to smell the camels, I'll tell you right now. And, uh, and sweaty, but. I have come here by faith. I expect my husband to meet me at the same level. By faith, not by sight. I don't want to give him any idea. Oh, she's, she's good looking. I got lucky. And tough luck if you have some girl that you liked here. And you know how wealthy they were? Every small king in the region was afraid of Abraham. That's how blessed the Lord was. So they tried to give their daughters in marriage to be safe from him. I wonder if one of those girls ever caught Isaac's eye. What a bad father. He didn't care about his own son's feelings. Rebecca says, no. I... Have come here because of God. He needs to meet me by faith because of God. I wonder if that was the truth of the marriages in our church and in our nation. If we might have seen a different picture. Hmm. And the Isaac told, and the servant, look at this. And the servant told Isaac, wait a minute. She didn't even want to speak to him. She respected him. She covered herself by faith. But he had to take a, a step of faith according to what? God had done. So this guy is now telling Isaac everything that happened. And that needs to move him. Just because Rebecca said, it was the Lord's doing that moved me. It is the Lord's doing that needs to move by faith. Whom? Isaac. So she won't even talk to him. You're like, man, this girl is pissed off. She wants to get married with me, but she won't even say hi. You guys are laughing. It doesn't sound like a good marriage to come. I'll end with this story. My, grand, my, my grandfather's brother was not a believer. And he was at the machine gun in World War II. 
in Russia, and he got injured and shot in a couple of places. So my grandfather, he was the corporal of the Christian battalion, 10,000 Protestant Christians under him. And he went to share the gospel with him and he received the Lord. And during this time, my great-grandma and my grandma were doing home churches with all the ladies that were left in the area. Evangelizing them, Bible studies in their home, and the church is growing. And they have two, two prayers. Lord, make the gospel go forward. Bring us a pastor. He was a pastor for 55 years. He came back home. My grandfather said, I will work for my, my wife and two children and for your wife and two children. You go to Bible college, you'll come back and you'll be a pastor. So that's how he became pastor. He pastored for 55 years, three churches at once, on foot. Woke up at 3 a.m. to walk, so at 9 a.m. in six hours he can be at the furthest church out. Came back that same day at 2 a.m. at home by foot. When the snow was up, he said, oh, the wolves were walking by and keeping me company. On top of the noise, I was walking to the other church, and I was just praising the Lord, and the wolves are walking by on the side next to me. And I asked him, I said, hey, you know, one time, because I'm struggling to answer people's, uh, uh, you know, people get pretty freaked out about who they marry and marriage counseling. And I said, do they have to like each other? You know, because can I marry someone I don't like? And he said, well, do you know these people here on the side of the mountain? I said, I saw the houses. I don't know them. Yeah, they go to that church. He said, there were two people on that side of the mountain. One had a girl, one had a boy. The girl seemed to like the boy. The boy didn't like her at all. And the parents got together and said, since we live close, let's unite our land. And let's, you know, we're both of the same faith. Let them get married. And they got married. And the boy constantly complained to, him, to me up to the wedding. And he said, I'm only doing this out of respect of what the community and my parents said. And he said, I married them. And he said, one year later, I was walking by to go take the, the Lord's Supper to people who are sick and couldn't come to church. And I saw him working with the hay in the field. And I walked up to him and I said, you know, I've been praying for your marriage. Can you tell me how you're doing? And he said, the Lord has taught me how to love my wife. And I love her so much now that there's no way I could ever be with any other woman or love someone. And this is the one who completely despised her and he thought she was ugly. Love is being taught. Peace in your marriage comes with only one answer. To be at rest that this is the person that God has appointed for you. I believe, I truly believe that if people had God's guidance, that prayer and worship were the order of their day. And they had the families, the couple had the family's blessing. We would see different marriages. I know I could have chosen a bunch of other stories, but this is what the Lord was leading me to tell you about your marriage about our marriage because Jesus now is like Isaac and he's waiting and you know what the Lord is telling a pastor to do present the church holy and blameless many of you think that my job or my calling is very different than what God is asking me to do I'm not your savior I won't be able to grow the church I won't be able to do anything that the Holy Spirit won't do and Jesus won't do. But one of my positions is to equip you and to prepare you to be blameless and holy as you are coming to meet the Lord. Do you think we can learn from Rebecca? 
quite a bit. Let's bow our heads of pray as the worship team comes up. Father in heaven, Lord, a different story. And Lord, I, I always wondered in such a great book, why is this the longest chapter in Genesis? The longest chapter in Genesis, Lord. Lord, because you know how many of us may go through long days in our marriage. May feel like we're going through long spells. May take things that are very important to our own hands to make decisions. Lord, I thank you that today you have centered us within the realm of faith. You have told us to have Jesus Christ and your kingdom as the apple of our eyes. And to be blessed the way the Jews were blessed by you. We, through Abraham, should be blessed today that we live by faith. And that is what becomes our choice to us today. And that's why we're the people of his way, the people of Christ's way. Because you go before us and you make the choices for us. So today, Lord, as we come for you to be our hands, for you are our father, we are the clay, you are the potter, and we are all the work of your hands. Today we recognize that it is our joy and our beauty to be obedient. Otherwise, we won't be able to be modeled, to have the faith, to have obedience moving our lives. So, Lord, today we ask that you'll fill in the gaps where we do pray, where we do meet you in action, where we do praise you, and that we are obedient and rest in peace with your choice. And it first starts now with our marriages. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Mm -hmm.